Hey guys, what's going on? You are listening to ThisWeekInGeek.net's The Prototype, only on Twig, of course. I am one of your many starborn today. I am Mike the Birdman, but I'm joined by my compatriot, my companion. You're not quite Vasco, you are... Alex the Producer here. All right, guys, so this is going to be our Starfield extended discussion. So before we start, got to get a couple notes out of the way. So we did receive this game for review, but we did receive it late. We got it one day before early release. We did purchase a copy of the game. We bought uh, the digital deluxe version. A review copy was provided to us via Microsoft, and we've been playing around with it. There has been a couple of patches that have come out since then, which have fixed some glitches uh, and some performance issues both on pc and uh, xbox uh, one of the more interesting ones was having an entire city follow a person through space which didn't happen to me but i've had a couple of interesting glitches myself <laughs> but me the too. least buggy bethesda experience i've had so far so that being said uh like i said we got a review copy we've had a couple weeks with, with this game we've had things uh patched out so i have played the majority of this game on xbox series x with a little bit of time on PC via Game Pass. And uh, this has been an interesting experience overall. So um, we're going to just kind of talk about this. We're not going to get super deep in the story spoilers. Um, we're going to come to a point where me and Alex will be like, and then you're going to have to find out for yourself here so you can experience the story of Starfield as best you possibly can here. Um, but I guess to kind of talk about this, this is a game that had been hyped up for a number of years. We saw it through multiple pres presentations through Bethesda and Microsoft hyped as the next big thing, sort of like decades in the making, if I remember the marketing right. And I am left, unfortunately, wanting. I'm not saying the game is bad. Not at all. I'm actually having quite a bit of fun with it. But... I don't sense the wow factor. And then I'm going to toss this to you, Alex. I see this as it's got some of the coolest parts of Skyrim that you guys know. I'm a big fan of that. I see a lot of the guts of Fallout 4, which obviously I lived and breathed that game for like years, especially when mods came out. And then this tries to have the unique baby of the two franchises. And I should be blown away. This should be like the outer world. This should be Fallout in space. But I'm not getting that, if that makes any sense. I'm just, I'm not wowed. I'm not immersed like I think they want me to be. Alex, what was your initial experience with Starfield? Well, knowing me, if anybody that's been a listener for since I've been here, I am not traditionally a fan of games that are make-your-own-fun games, where it's like, here's a sandbox, go have fun. I'm like, no, I paid for an experience, give me the experience. But I always try to go into things with an open mind. I am the guy who has tried Skyrim three times, gotten two hours in and gone, I'm bored, I don't like this. So I was like, they're trying something different, it's in space, let's see, you know, can I come at this with a, a critical eye but without trying to have any bias going in? And I'll say I had fun. Uh, more frustration than fun, though, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it Coming into this, I went, I don't understand where people are saying the graphics are so great. 
Like I see fans, I see critics out there being like, it's the best looking, I'm like, okay, best looking Bethesda game, fine, but it's still in a lot of parts looks like a PS3 game. Uh, I wouldn't go that far in oh, my experience, but oh, buddy, depending on where you've been and how far into the farther into the game you get, it seems like the less attention to detail was made. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like they they made some bespoke towns and that uh, the main hub, like like you know when the, the first town you get to where you meet everybody, New uh, Atlantis, yep, yeah. That is very poorly designed from an aesthetic. You know how many times I got lost trying to go yeah. to the same places like the twists and turns like it's not easy to navigate things the, the idea that quick travel only works when you select it from uh uh like a, a metro station you have to walk all the way to the metro station which takes like three or four minutes to get across town there, there are ways to do it from the scanning menu but it's not exactly as intuitive but, as I. You know what I mean? Like, like there's yeah. things that confuse me as the, the design aesthetics. There's a whole lot of bland worlds that have nothing on them that look the same, that have the same PS3 level details on the grass and the ground, the same five enemies with slightly different spikes on their bodies, the, the alien life. Everything is very cookie cuttery for almost every aspect of the game. And that's the stuff that i hate i hate games that mm-hmm. do that because I, I don't understand why games take seven years to make when 90 percent of it is pre is like generated on its own um mm-hmm. so getting my bias out of the way that way uh i did i put in 62 hours that's how long uh it took for me to do a complete story playthrough now uh oh no sorry sorry that, it's not 62 hours that was that's the total time after I beat the game where I was just messing around. It was, looking at my notes, 36 hours to beat. Uh, now, when I did a playthrough, I did uh, I did one major side story, which gave me a new ship. And I think you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it is a pretty cool storyline. Uh, and it's it's the one where uh, you have to go through the this booby-trap-laden area that was set you're not supposed to be the person that gets the ship but you end up being the person that gets the ship basically <laughs> uh I, I did that and i did uh, i believe one did i do two care two of the of the supporting characters loyalty mission quests and beyond that i did none of the side quests and went and did everything with the main the main story as it as it was told so Roughly, you, you could probably do the whole game in about 30 hours, which is a fair bit for, but a lot of that time is busy work, walking very slowly to places, scanning things for apparently no reward. Uh, and then I'll say without going into the direct plot details, because we're not going to do major spoilers, like you said, the game ended up being, hey, look at what Mass Effect did well. Let's try to copy that, but not really think about how the narrative will work that way. So there's a lot of Mass Effect in here. There's a little bit of Fallout, obviously, and and the bones of of the other Bethesda games. Um, but the, there were and and let's add some No Man's Sky stuff to it with the exploration. But everything in this game feels a little half baked to me. Exploration feels half done. Uh, there is no real space travel. The space fights feel tedious and rare uh there are very when they do happen though but in some cases until until you get to the end of the game and it's 
and it does a big jump in difficulty where they go, hey, you must get new ship and then pray to God that, that you just you get survive. lucky. Yeah. Uh, and I will say this. I played it on a varying level of difficulty. I switched it around here and there. Playing it on not the easiest, closer to normal difficulty, I was able to get to the end of the game and I was level, I think, 28 or 30. Mm-hmm. And the end game is level 70. And yeah, I only there ha- are some big difficulty spikes in there for and, sure. And the, the end game jumps from level a recommended level of 45 mm-hmm. all the way to 70 in one mission. And I'm like, what? So they're just expecting you to just meander between the second last mission and the last mission. And I had trouble with a space battle that happens that's sort of required. And then zero trouble. on Like, the difficulty spike went up and then went down to nothing. And I'm fighting people that are level 70, like hundreds of people on the final missions, and Mm -hmm. having no problems with them. Yet, I was having problems with people the mission beforehand. My experience with the game is I've probably put about 50 or so hours. I've done three of the major character companion quests. One of them I actually had a fair bit of fun with. Uh, I liked how it ended. Um, I got married in the game to one of the first companions. Um, <laughs> oh, I tried I that. It, it, it mine glitched out and it wouldn't do it. Aww. So again, I got I was... married to the first companion, Sarah. Okay, yeah. So I'll say this. like, I encountered probably more glitches than you because I played it slightly before the release day. Yeah, with me, I like to approach Bethesda games with the intention of, what can I do to break this? And <laughs> and what I mean by that is, if you know how the Bethesda design philosophy works, you can actually have an awful lot of fun because you know how the underlying subsystems work. Well, see, um, I didn't know how any of that worked because, again, I haven't really played them. I, I played maybe 10 hours of Fallout and really didn't like it, a mm-hmm. uh, Fallout 4. And But I'll tell you this, I did, you know me, I like to tinker around and figure things out. Uh, I found out that any weapon that you give your companions has unlimited ammo. Uh, mm-hmm. so I gave them grenades, <laughs> so, which, which might be why I was able to partially get through the end game stuff a little easier because they're volleying grenades every three seconds. Um, <laughs> uh, I, once I got the new ship, I didn't really do much. I'll, I'll say this, my build, I built my build to try to get through it as quickly as possible because I was like, let's see for somebody like myself who loves a curated narr- narrative experience. Mm-hmm. Is there something for me? And the answer is yes. It 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 didn't blow me away. It it was you know it was B tier story, uh, and I think there's intrigue and good parts. But it, what was holding it back is very poor script and very poor NPC dialogue. There were a couple of NPCs where I felt the dialogue was not too bad. I think that my favorite companion for dialogue was one of the first com- companions named Sarah. Uh, she's one of the founding members of Constellation. She's one of the first characters that you run into, literally. Barrett is the guy who rescues you literally in the first like, hour of the game. Yeah, and you don't get I, him until he's the last one that joins. Yeah, and he's inconsistent in in, his, in yeah. some of his stuff. I like his loyalty mission. Uh, I'm do- yes, I'm- I, I did his loyalty mission as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'm... Other things that I really played around with, I haven't played around with the outpost building system, which is something in Fallout 4. I used to build settlements that would be these impenetrable death traps. Like, as so much 
if if a bloat fly came by, it would get annihilated <laughs> to the subatomic level. Here, I spent my time in the ship builder because I wanted to know how it functions. And the game doesn't do a particularly great job of explaining the systems to you. You would think an A-class would be the best type of material. Turns out it's not. It's C-class. So I had an insane amount of credits. Once again, when you know how to Bethesda a Bethesda game, money becomes not a problem well and i i was oh, sorry go on i'm sorry i was just gonna say i i will say this right up front before you go into it yeah uh outpost building and ship building are significantly better on pc the controls yes. on xbox are outright to frustrating frustrating at best outright infuriating at worst trying to figure yeah. out how it works it is really like for something marketed as an xbox game first it, like it's let's be real this is marketed as an xbox game not a pc game mm -hmm. it has mm -hmm. incredibly poor controls when it comes to those builder and shelter aspects of the game the, the controls with shooting everything's fine it's just mm -hmm. it, it was like wow you just didn't think to not use a mouse <laughs> yeah like it would be nice if microsoft had built in the option to have keyboard and mouse support specifically for certain sections so when i built my ship my ship i bought one off the crimson fleet which is a faction you can join in the game through various methods and i bought the crimson right i nicknamed my ship the foobar and uh, <laughs> the foobar's slang is wherever there's trouble we probably started it and um it took me a while to figure out how to how to do different ship components so it was changing reactors and engines and then it was also figuring out well how does mass work how does maneuverability work how does weapons work and eventually after about three hours and losing multiple ship builds i finally got a ship that i was happy with this thing is maneuverable as hell it can grab jump almost right across the entire galaxy because it's so fast I've got almost max shields and amazing hull, really good armor and weapons, and it's phenomenal. And I found, and the thing that took 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 me the longest, and I'm kind of glad I took my time to do it, just because the game does take a lot of your customization into it, is the paint job. And my ship is mostly red, black, and white with hints of orange through it. And it's a really nice looking ship. You may have seen some of my pictures on social media for it. And I'm really happy how that turned out. The character creator, um, I made my character, uh, somebody on Twitter, my friend Clark, who's been a longtime friend of the show, described my character as Lilu Shepard. So uh, Lilu <laughs> from the Fifth that. Element. Yeah. And like, she looks great. And I've been playing around with the photo mode. I, I know, Alice, that's something you got me into in the Ghost oh, yeah. of uh, Shishima stuff. Which, and I really like that. I know, I know, like, this is about, you know, an Xbox game, but it's funny how PlayStation got you into photo mode for Xbox games. So I think we can all just get along. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, like it, it's really fun when you get into some of the nitty gritty minutia systems of Starfield, which is where I really excel and going into some of the smaller missions. Cause you pretty much did a beeline through the, through the main storyline. Yeah. I took time to fill out the world. And for me, that's the strength of any Bethesda game is how much immersion to get like in Skyrim. For example, when you go on some of the faction quests for, the Assassin's Guild or the Stormcloaks or the Dawn Guard. It's really interesting and you really get Tamriel really fills out in Fallout, whether you're part of the Institute or the Railroad or um, 
the Minutemen. There's some really cool things in there. And the thing that really makes those games shine, it's the writing and it's the world building. Skyrim, astoundingly cool fantasy world. Fallout, that world is nothing but personality, satire, and commentary on the nuclear age. So it's fantastically written. With Starfield, I don't know what they're trying to say. I mean, I guess the whole message about evolution and humanity, which I said, I'm not going to get into too many spoilers there. It says something interesting. Maybe I've just had my head in Star Trek for too long, or I'm thinking, I've seen this before. Well, you've seen it in in Mass Effect. And I'm not trying to just downplay it or or be begrudging against it. It's just 75% of this plot is pulled right from Mass Effect almost directly. Mm -hmm. And even some of the aesthetics with the font and things there, there are elements here where I'm like, Oh, this is cool. If it came out 12 years ago, I think for me, and and, and if other, other sci-fi games hadn't done it already. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, I like the gameplay, like the actual gameplay, like going down the planets. I will admit scanning is a little bit boring, um, when you find interesting things on planets, which admittedly I wish happened a little bit more often, it can be fun. Uh, finding yeah. random outposts and finding hidden missions has been really interesting so far. Like I've come across labs that have been abandoned and there's some kind of a plot there. I'm still trying to figure out. I think, like, I, know, some... I, think I know where it goes, uh, but yeah. I, I did encounter some things like I didn't just completely beeline it because you have to do some side stuff. Uh, for instance, before you go to do the final quest lines that lead to the end of the game, they force you to make some jumps, you know, in space. And there is a jump that you have to make that the base ship cannot make, even if you upgrade the engines. So you must have received at least one new ship to do it. Yes. So you have to, so you have to either upgrade one or steal one or do um, something. I was given one by my parents. <laughs> oh, right. Cause you chose that background I, and that's something I, too. Is- I chose the backgrounds that would make it easier for me. And, and I was like, okay, parents are alive. I got to pay them like a 10% fee, but they give me stuff after they give you the ship. You can choose to not have that perk and they won't be your, I guess they die or they won't be your parents anymore. <laughs> now, but one you- thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, you actually just kind of hit on something that I really want to bring up. Your backgrounds and your skills actually matter when it comes to choices and dialogue, or at least it influences certain decisions. Like you said, if you don't, if you choose not to pay your parents, you got everything, and they just kind of yeet you. There's an ability I picked called Empath. You can visit a doctor in the world and have them. Re- you can have that perk surgically removed from you i guess they do some kind of neuro reprogramming or something so you're less of a jerk i guess um <laughs> but i noticed because i was able to get certain skills completely maxed out it will affect certain dialogue trees yeah so for example if you talk to one guy and he's a scavenger you might say when you're trying to do a diplomacy check with them, one of the options that may open up might be, 
well, we're both scavengers. There's kind of an honor among thieves, is there not? And he's like, you know what? You're not wrong there. Or when you investigate a certain alien world, you might talk to your companion and you can use your like kind of botany skills. And well, actually, that plant depends on a certain type of amino acid. Do you think that works in this particular environment? And they're like, oh, well, I never quite thought of it like that. And that's something that Fallout and Skyrim never had. Your skills can impact decisions and they can impact story choices. So I'm a big fan of that. While it may not be world shattering, it may just influence, you know, different bits of dialogue. That's fascinating. And I'm a huge fan of that. I will say this. What it did impress me was they made this have some role playing elements. I tried to pick a character that if I could get around having to do combat and avoid it, I would. And Mm -hmm. I raised my um, persuasion and persuasion intimidation or something um diplomacy and all that yeah i had them all raised basically to the highest levels possible plus Mm -hmm. the perks i got and yada 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 and i was able to um without going into details directly about how the final battles happen and so on uh i had to compete in in the space battle to get to the the final missions because that's just sort of that's your baseline requirement you must have a, a ship powerful enough to get there have a fight and then you go down to the planet and do some fighting blah 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 blah, and then you have what is going to be a hard battle um and depending on choices you've made sides that you choose to be on uh a la other major rpgs you know they have those choices you can either have an easier fight one way or another have a very difficult fight or try to talk your way out of it. And I talked my way out of having it. I didn't have a final boss battle. Oh. I, talked, I talked my way out and, and went a completely different path, which changed my ending. I'm so, going to be very so, curious to see how mine works out because I have yeah. made some interesting choices. <laughs> so so I, I, I was able to do that. And I was like, you know what? This got an extra point with me because like they they did it. They went in there and they, they didn't just lazy out. Like they, You basically are given uh initially three options and i chose a fourth that would only be open to you if you had high enough levels and all of your other charisma and stuff yeah and that's something when bethesda thinks outside the box and they think well what if player does xyz usually they're very good about that although that being said you actually brought up which is going to be my next point again if you know bethesda design philosophy you can break the game. What do I mean by that? So one of the factions I joined, as I mentioned, is a faction known as the Crimson Fleet, which is the pirate guys. One of the main enemies in the game is the pirate guys. You may encounter them at random points during the game in the course of the main mission. If you are allied with them before you complete the main mission, they're they're just going to walk up to you and go, Frank, what's going on? As long as you don't kill them, they won't attack you. You can just walk up to them and say hi. That's so that. Yeah, so I was like, huh, funny how they didn't think to populate it with different enemies who weren't allied with you, be it, you know, uh, one of the main planets you visit has a defense core, or there's another mercenary company, or there are these religious nut jobs you can fight too. It would have been interesting had when you ally with the pirates, if they said, okay, this outpost, instead of being Crimson Fleet, is now the Eclipse kind of mercenary unit. So I'm yeah. thinking, okay, that's maybe a minor oversight. Again, you are given so many choices, there's like a huge flowchart of how things must go. 
Bethesda can only account for so much, but the fact that they gave you that option where they don't just attack you because the, the script programs them to attack you, that I really, really liked. Um, one of the things I also really liked, too, uh, just to kind of talk about shipbuilding again for a second, is all the little nuances you can attach to your ship. Like, you can attach all these different uh, frames that do different things. You can have shielded cargo hold. Let me tell you, dealing with contraband is a huge pain in the ass. And if I had to give you one piece of advice, just don't do it. Um, there's much easier ways yeah. to make money. I, I had um, to re I had to reload saves because I was like, I ugh, either I'm going to jail or it's way or I'd have to kill everybody and then it ruins my whole game. Yeah, like I was running out of Neon City trying to smuggle Aurora out, which is a performance chemical. And I needed it because I needed oh. it to complete a research project on my ship. Oh. It was the last research tree. You went and did that, eh? <laughs> yep. So I have everything unlocked. And that's one thing. I, I like the how they do research things. Like, you must have so many ingredients to do this. And sometimes it will randomly um, complete a section because it'll be like, oh, you had a research kind of breakthrough and you can do that by wearing certain clothes, by wearing or by using certain uh, mental stims. I like that. That's really interesting. And I can see guts of what Fallout 4 did with how they did um, weapon modification. That's an another thing too. I'm a big fan of the crafting system because I love how Bethesda does crafting, especially after Fallout 4. I haven't played much with like Fallout 76 in a number of years. Maybe it's changed. But I liked that. Um, modding spacesuits can be fun. Modding weapons can be a lot of fun. Uh, one of my favorite guns to modify was a gun called the Revenant, which is this huge magnetic uh, machine gun thing that literally turns everything into paste. Uh, there's another weapon called the Eternity's Gate, which is basically, uh, hi, I have a particle beam shotgun. You die now. Um, some of the weapon combat in this can oh, be tremendously fun. I had, oh, because it's been a little bit since I've played it because I've had other games that I've been working on. But by the end of the game, by about 50% of the way through, I had the, the loadout I was going to use for the rest of the game. And I mm -hmm. found some, I found the loot system somewhat superfluous after a certain point. Because once you have what works for you, it doesn't seem to really matter. The, there's not like better weapons after a certain point. Um, there are ways to play with that and how you do that. Again, if you know how Bethesda design philosophy works, this is cheesing the system. But when you go into a new area that has to load, set your difficulty to the highest possible setting. Enter that door. When the game loads into the new setting, Like let's say you go into a new cave or something right yeah and, yeah and once it loads in go back into your settings set it back down to man uh, to your preferred level of difficulty because when you load in at that higher difficulty every enemy and every container has the loot set at that highest possible difficulty but when you set the enemies but when you put gameplay difficulty back down the game's already loaded that data but the oh, okay. enemies will will change. So that's how I got a very early weapon by doing this. It was an explosive uh, machine gun. I think it was like a Grendel or something. And I had that at like level three. That carried me through until level 20 something. And oh, wow. it was insane because, again, you just have to know how to work with the design philosophy. Did I break the game? Yes. But that's part of the fun of the Bethesda games. Because like you said, it's, it's a sandbox. 
I'm just choosing to use the sandbox tools a little bit differently because I really wanted to experience the story of Starfield and get into the writing. I mean, honestly, like like I was saying earlier, if you played Skyrim and you played Fallout, you've pretty much played this in an earlier primitive form. This is ultimately but this is Bethesda's best game mechanically. I think if I had to rank the order of how Bethesda does things, Fallout is their best universe, hands down. Fallout 4 has the most personality. It has the most um how would I, it has the most life to it. Skyrim brings you into this fantasy world that at the time nobody had really seen and now we have games like Baldur's Gate 3 we have Elder Scrolls 6 coming out in a couple of years so I'll be very curious to see what happens when Bethesda has taken the lessons from Starfield and applies them to the next uh, Elder Scrolls game and see what happens there but Starfield it doesn't have that light that spark that makes me interested like are we going to see people cosplaying people from yeah. Starfield? You might see the odd Constellation jacket, people having the Constellation smartwatch. Yeah. But you're not going to have people dressed as the Brotherhood of Steel. You're not going to have Dragonborn. It's, you're not... It's you don't it's have missing, the Fushru Da meme. What, what it is, is, is it's Mass Effect and Fallout blended together, but light version. There, yeah. there's, And I, I don't know... If it's a cho uh, stylistic choice or whatever, it just, you know, it, it feels a little bland. Um, and yeah, and, and yeah. it's weird because there's tons of fun to be had in there. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be down on it. Mm. It's just, you can't quite put your finger on what's missing. And then I realized it's, it's that it doesn't have anything overly memorable. Yeah. And, and. Yeah, like that's this game's biggest crime is it doesn't have the wow moment. Whereas in Fallout 4, sorry, you've had years to beat it. You find out your your stolen son is the head of the Institute. And at the time, that was a mind-blowing revolution. But you knew who the companions were. I can list them off. You got Nick Valentine, the synthetic uh, did detective that works out of diamond city you had john hancock the ghoul who helps run boston you've got preston garvey the most annoying character in gaming um and you know like it had just life to it starfield it doesn't it's just it just feels bland like none of the characters i think are gonna be characters you're gonna see walking around at Comic-Con in three years. There are TikToks that I still see today where somebody dressed up as Preston Garvey will crash a random guy is going, I hear another settlement needs your help. Or you see people show up dressing as ghoul makeup. Like you've got a, you have a fallout show coming from Amazon in the next year. Starfield. I don't, see what this ip can go any further because like you said mass effect at least as a as, as an intellectual property it has legs to grow could starfield do it yeah maybe under a different writing team maybe there's going to be dlc down the road like with all the stuff for fallout and skyrim with like dawn guard and the dragon thing i can't remember what it's called um or with fallout with like nuka world and the machinist and all that type of stuff you know there could be very interesting stuff happening with starfield i just i need the world to feel like 
more interesting. I want I want the wow factor. All the toolkit is there for it to be amazing. Like I said, I am having a really good time with this, but I don't see myself wandering around like I did in Skyrim or building bases like I did in Fallout. And maybe once I get into the outpost building thing, because I know, again, if you know how Bethesda works, you can have insane money farming and XP farming. There are tons of guides on YouTube that tell you how to get to like level 1000 literally in a couple of hours just by grinding this out. And it's astounding what can be accomplished if you're willing to play the math of how all these systems work together but is it a world you want to hang out in after you roll the final credits i don't know because at one point no i guess saying that would be too much of a spoiler but let, let's just say there's a lot of dna here with skyrim at one point and it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just i didn't want it, that in this experience it, how much of this you know we have to question you know did they feel like they could make it more bland or take longer to put things into it because it's on Game Pass? I, I don't think so. I think, honestly, I think the Bethesda team really tried to put as many interesting systems into this as as they could. And yeah. for the most part, everything works. Like, in I, my experience, the, the worst glitch I had is sometimes people would sit on chairs and they'd be floating out a couple of feet from it. I'd I, fell, have... I fell through the world once. Yep, I had one fall through the world once where I could get to vendor stuff because how vendors work, there's a chest underneath the store that's connected to the NPC who is the, who is the shopkeeper. Which, again, PS3, dude, like, I, I, we're at a point now, they can't keep using the same engine. I know that they say, oh, it's a customized engine. No, the core of this engine dates back to 2005. Yeah, like, like again, I see echoes of Fallout and Skyrim yeah. here. And if it works, it works. That's great. Um, but it, I was it, playing it, with the jetpack mod in Fallout. Yeah, like it's not as in. Basically, here with the, the last bit, I'll crap on is it's not as innovative as as they're trying to market it as, uh, and. The story is interesting, but doesn't excel. And the music is, is not memorable. Uh, I like be, beyond that. If you can get over that, that, that those parts are kind of bland and, and we're, and you have to compare it against its, uh, its contemporaries, like things that they've produced in the past, like we've talked about other Bethesda games. Mm -hmm. You also can't put it in a vacuum and not compare it against other AAA based stuff. Like, like you look at the outer worlds. The Outer Worlds did this already. It's it's this, but narratively, and like and honestly, better. Also, Snappier writing. Also, a Microsoft like even though it's it's Obsidian, it's still under the Microsoft banner, and yeah. you know like it's 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 not a good look when their contemporaries on their own platform from their own companies do what this did, but better and multiple years ago. So. I know that this is going to have legs. Like, there's going to be mods up, up to the wazoo, oh, and yeah. that's going to be crazy. Like, I will probably come back to it in a couple of years' time and be like, hey, what's different? And and then go, holy crap, and see what happens. Yeah. It's just, it's just I, I, if you're somebody like me who is not um, a Bethesda diehard, 
it is still the best game to start with because this oh, is oh yeah 100 this is as you said before the most complete and mostly bug-free yeah bethesda game at launch ever it has a decent enough compelling story it's a good starting point like you can choose this play this and go does this style of game work for me yeah, and if like, you find that you, you if you find that you like this, you'll probably love all of their other games. And yeah, if 100%. you and if you're somebody who has been on the fence and been like, "Hey, I'm not sure if these are for me. I tried a couple; they're not great." This is the best that they have done. This is the best they can offer. So this is a good point to test and see. Hey, do I like it or not? Uh, you can obviously purchase a copy, but if you're somebody who has Game Pass, whether on PC or or Game Pass Ultimate on Xbox. It is good to try. I'll say this, playing it on, I did play it on the Series X and I have a Series S. It looks, it really does look like a PS3 game on the Series S. So See, play, oh, it yeah. on the, play it on the Xbox or if you have a good enough PC, play it on PC. Yeah, when I was playing this on Xbox Series X, there were some really nice moments in space. Like, like there's some yes. really nice spatial photography here. Some of the facial models for some of the NPCs look really good. Some some of the character models are great, but what, some of them are, seem for, a little weird. For about four or five years that we've seen uh, clips of this, I kept saying, what's with the dead cow eyes? They, I can they, tell you exactly which NPCs the worst for it. And it's right in New Atlantis. There's right off of the Sarah, spaceport. Sarah is terrible for it. See, I find Sarah, depending on what you get her to say. It's, it's the eyes have this glint Weird. and reflect, reflective shine that is not unnatural looking. And it makes it look like they're glass eyes. See, I see. I was kind of like how I wrap that around in my head, Canon. I was like, maybe she has cybernetics. But that everybody has why her that eyes. Look. Except for Barrett and Sam don't seem to have it. The other ones... That's uh, true. Maybe Sam. Maybe Sam. Um, but I find the worst NPC that I that I ever came across is the shopkeeper just off of the spaceport by viewports. I think it's called Jemison. Not Jem... Maybe it's Jemison. The one you, right when you General walk off Goods. the ship? Yeah, it's right where you do the art theft mission. There's a girl in there. She's like, oh, oh hey, we have supplies. Yeah. That character model, I'm not a huge fan of. The One of my favorite ones was Vasco. Yes, he's a robot, but I love the detail on him. Sarah, yeah. when you get to her marriage ceremony, I like some of the acting in there. Um, I like I like watching how Barrett emotes during certain bits, especially during his final kind of mission there. Um, there are other ones where I'm a little, little less of a fan. Actually, the Crimson Fleet, one of my favorite guys is a dude named Delgado is like the head of it. And his mannerisms, I just found hysterical and his voice actor, I'm a big fan of. Um, yeah, like to piggyback on Alex's thing, if Bethesda games are new to you, this is one you should absolutely try, especially if you have Game Pass. You have nothing to lose except time. Absolutely. And I recommend you give this game a whirl because it can be an amazing experience. And if this is the type of game that gels with you, and if you like the idea behind this type of thing, play through Starfield, have a fantastic time, play your 20, 30 hours, 
and then try out Fallout 4. And if you like Fallout 4 and the writing and the style, you're going to see a lot of the guts from Starfield in Fallout 4, and you'll be very at home. Some of the systems are a little simpler, but that's okay because the writing in that world will suck you in and prepare you for the Amazon series whenever that comes out. And then Skyrim, I'm pretty sure that you can run that on refrigerators (laughs) now. Um, And that's a fun experience too. And just keep in mind that if you're somebody like, I knew what we were getting into because I know the games in the past and and we've discussed Mm -hmm. it, but looking at some of the marketing, if you're new to this and you've never played a Bethesda game ever, and the trailers gave you the impression that it's a Mass Effect style game with a a lot of curated narrative uh, vision and dialogue, that is not this game. There are there is about a 25 to 30 hour playthrough, which sounds like a lot of, narr- of, of like a narrative missions, but a lot of that time is spent walking. So there, yeah, there are some missions where there's a lot of dialogue and the dialogue, usually the top or sorry, usually the, the top two choices of four will be the most consequential and the bottom ones just give you extra information yeah. or won't advance plot. It's, That's it's what I'm not. Noticed. What I'm saying is it's not as much, it is not as narrative a story as the trailers might make you think. Yeah. Now, some of the side missions, I think you get some of the best content. Yes. The, like, the main story is interesting. I will say that. And some of the faction stuff can be really interesting and at some points very consequential. But I'm going to contradict what I just said there. At a certain point, you can almost join every faction despite causing major damage to one of them. Um, (laughs) And I'll tell you that, Alex, uh, off air, because, again, if you know how the systems work, you know how to take advantage of them and exploit them. Is that me taking advantage of it? say one thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's narratively, it is part of the main mission storyline that you have to do. It Mm -hmm. is probably 75% of the way through the game, so I'm not Mm -hmm. spoiling anything at the end game, but you have to, I don't know, if you've even done that, because you spent a lot of time earlier on, um, there is a collector that you have to meet up with. He has Mm. a giant ship and we're talking like it's a museum. Uh, but it's all, but it's all, it's all junk on the inside. Um, and I was able to intimidate my way through without having to shoot anybody. Same here. That's how I did it. So wait, 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 wait. And then as I'm leaving, I went, fuck it. I'm going to destroy him anyway. <laughs> so I just attacked <laughs> no, him. That I didn't do. <laughs> I attacked him and obliterated his ship and everybody involved after <laughs> after they promised not to attack me when I left. <laughs> yep. And He's and like, I, I don't know if there's any consequences from that, but I, I, I obliterated his ship and then uh, collected all the items from it. And then I got mm-hmm. arrested for blowing it up. And I was like, oh. See, what I did during that particular mission is I talked my way all through it. I sweet-talked every one of his guards so they wouldn't shoot me. Yeah. And then right at the end, I'm like, yeah, I'm taking this for science. And he's like, oh, you can't do that. Guards, attack him. And I shot him, and he goes down to one knee. He's like, okay, okay, just don't kill me. And then I just walked out whistling Dixie. And then I get busted for piracy when I land back yeah. on Jameson. I'm like, Okay, you cost me five five hundred bucks in a minor oh. inconvenience. I'm glad I shot you right in oh, the face. I had got a ton of cool end game stuff for blowing up the ship, but then they confiscated it all. Oh. But yeah, like when I blew it up, uh, I 
So I blew it up, and I didn't realize I had to turn my ship around and fly farther away because the explosion was so big it was going to kill me. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> there are I, some... I started, I started shooting at them, and they're like, and they're like, you hear them over the comms, and, they're, and they go... <laughs> They go, are you crazy? You're coming. Oh, that's it. Get them. And they're, they're, launch all, launch fighters, launch this. And then I just went, boom. And then it's just like, we've disabled his drive. Boom. And he exploded. And then just <laughs> killed everybody. And it was like, I was like, wait a minute. And, and then like, like you could hear like some of the companions and the people in my ship. And they're like, did we need to do that? And, th and then I got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of styled my character as the pirate queen of the settled systems don't cross me give me what i want and i won't hurt you i'll be very nice about it until i don't need to be um i don't know i i will say from a certain as we begin to wind this down i did have a fun role-playing experience like i did find at certain points i could get into my character's mindset but it wasn't okay interesting all right i just had this thought in some ways this is a better role play experience because you can be as immersive as you want whereas in fallout 4 you have all this lore coming at you and you as the sole survivor have a lot of baggage like you're looking for your son and whatnot here you just you are different because you can hear what, what these artifacts do and as in skyrim you are infused with the soul of a dragon you are the last dragon board and you must defeat i can't remember the bad guy's name now but whatever um that's very epic here, here you start out as very ordinary and then begins very extraordinary so in certain ways this is a very good role-playing game it's just the world that it's set in is did, not very interesting did you get the two people from the mining uh yes beginning to join you later on Yep, I'm actually my plan is through my playthrough before I get to end game, I'm gonna set I'm gonna build an awesome outpost and that's where they're gonna live. And I'm gonna send my adoring fan there to annoy the hell out of them. And I'm gonna fly around with me and the crew of the Fubar causing trouble throughout the stars. And that's gonna be my Starfield playthrough. And it's kind of fun. Like I said, I love my ship. I if I had one pie in the sky wish. I wish there was a way that you could send your ship files from in the game to Microsoft and it would 3D print you your ship with all like, your colors, all your accessories. Even if they wouldn't 3D print it for you, if it if it would take that and then convert it to one of those um STL I forget the files name or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and then then you could just get it uh get somebody on uh on like a 3D printing website to do it for you. Yeah, like there was a site years ago called Figure Prints, and they would print your characters from World of Warcraft. We reviewed them like a number of years ago. Oh, so there I, think is, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, like that would be like if I could have a model FUBAR with my paint job, I would love that. Or if someone out there makes a really cool um, Vasco model. That'd be neat. Like I said, there, there are some cool things in this game, like the watch. Sure, it's an Apple Watch Lite. That's cool. It's certainly not worth what it's going for on the secondary market. But in but in terms of the in-universe stuff, I would love to see ships from this game. You, you know, like, there what? are some or, really cool things. Or you know how you can put things in photo mode. And you can save photos that are in you know the, that resolution to your device. But it would be neat if it let you like 
you press a button and it will render it at, I don't know, like 16K, like super high res, and then email a copy to you. So you could have like super high res pictures to use as your like desktop background. Yeah, like there's some really fun things to play around with like photo mode. Again, I'm a big fan of that. My character looks amazing. And when some of the later clothing options open up i have this really awesome hat i have these cybernetic mods on my face i have this amazing outfit that i picked up and i look awesome like i love the way my character looks and better than fallout 4 without mods i i I had somebody on when launch night happened for this game someone said wow you can make amazing looking characters in this game without mods I completely agree. Like this character creator is phenomenal. And the fact that you can seamlessly switch between first person, third person and third person farther out for like kind of actiony type stuff. Yeah. It's really cool. Like I'm really a huge fan of this. Like ultimately, like I said, this is Bethesda's best technical game. I really hope people will give it a chance on game pass. Um, whether you choose to purchase it down the road, that is up to you entirely. I can't see this ever leaving Game Pass. I imagine no. it'll probably it's, be it, on other consoles at some point in, in the I, future. Well, it'd be on their consoles. It won't hit anything else. <laughs> just, yeah. It, we, you ain't playing this on, on PlayStation, at least not for a very, very long time if they decide to or not. Uh, yeah. That being said, it will be, like you said, Game Pass probably forever because it'll be a flagship game they can keep adding stuff to. Uh and it is available to purchase if you want to purchase it, uh, if you're not somebody who likes Game Pass. But uh, I know that they usually do like a trial for a dollar. They stop that right now, probably because of this game's release. Mm-hmm. But even if you just pay, even if you want to pay Game Pass for like a month, depending on your region, it's somewhere between 15 and like 17 or 18 bucks. I think you, you can buy bags of Doritos right now and get like a free week of Game Pass. That's what I was going to say. You can buy Doritos. I think it's 14 days or something. Yeah. So you can get for 14 days with a bag of Doritos for three bucks is enough for you to figure out whether you like the game or not. Oh, 100%. And it is absolutely worth that. Like, this is the perfect. If you wanted a game to, like, let's say you're at home sick or you're taking a vacation, this is a wonderful vacation game. This oh, is yeah. a wonderful. Actually, Ken, Ken had said this so perfectly. This is a podcast game. What? What do I mean by that? It's a game you can listen to a podcast, pause the podcast when you want to hear dialogue and story, and just mess around. Or if you want to work on your ship for a few hours, you want to build an outpost, just listen to a podcast and do that with your life. Especially if you're going to do the the busy work stuff, like if you're really into doing the scanning. Outposts. Yeah, yeah, ships or scanning or anything like that. There's so much you can do to explore and find everything. One of the cool things that was found recently is there is a Halo Easter egg uh, in here. Basically, I think somebody found Reach or something like that it's literally uh, the same name of the planet i found <laughs> there is there is a place where you can go mm-hmm. and it, it it's later in the game uh but there there is a place that you you go and it's essentially a a, a halo like it, it's the you know like the ring like the where the where you land on and everything it mm-hmm. looks just like Halo. And See, even that's though, really cool. Even the, the layout of, of some of the stuff on the ground is sort of like the first level or two. Oh, that's so, neat. But it's, it's, it is, but it isn't, you know, it's like, hey, we changed just enough, but hey, if you know what Halo is. 
I'm hoping at some point down the road, someone or if Bethesda themselves decides to put in vehicles, I would love to see that added to this game. Like just like ordinary stuff. Um, or, or, I think... or why not? Why not when you're uh, you know traveling, you go you go to I don't know an abandoned research center outpost, and you can get like a Halo spacesuit with a helmet that looks like the Master Chief. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised we didn't get like a pre-order bonus of like Spartan themed armor or something like that. Or hey, here's the Master Chief's gun or something. So hey, Microsoft, we're just giving out these ideas for like free here, by the way. Fun, fun little updates you can throw in to just ha- have kids have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, like ultimately, this game is absolutely worth a play on Game Pass. It is fun. We did have some problems with it. Would we recommend it? I'm gonna say yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's, it's it's a recommended you've got play to for sure. It's, yeah, it, I, this this is for me personally. This is the epitome of try before you buy, and that's what you get to do with Game Pass. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like at at the worst, you got a bag of Doritos out of it, right? Um, yes. <laughs> and if you didn't in, enjoy this game, then you know what? No harm, no foul. Microsoft and Bethesda did a fine job with it. Is it what I wanted? Yes and no. It's not as it's not what I wanted, but I'm still pleased that I had the experience. And I haven't had too many games like that where I'm like, you know what? It was all right, but I'm glad that I kind of played it. So that's Think where we're gonna kind of fall on this it, one. It got me to play it to completion. And like I said previously, I have tried every single Bethesda game. And I have gotten almost 10 hours into Fallout 4. I got two hours into Skyrim twice or three times mm-hmm. and everything else was more, no more than 10 minutes before I said no. And mm. this got me this, like I could have at any time we were, we were both reviewing it. I could have said, Mike, I'm, I'm done. I can't do more than this. Like, I, I'm glad if, 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 if I really hate if, if I really hated it, if, I, if, if to me it was the same as those previous games, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have gone more than 10 hours. But I did a full playthrough and then came back and played another 10, 20 hours of just screwing around to see what would happen. That in itself should be high praise (laughs) for me. Oh, yeah. From you. Yeah. Like for me, one of the best things I had with this, I love the fact of having the ship that I created warp through space. Every cutscene had my ship in it. I could look at my ship from every angle. I could explore every inch of it and it felt like mine. That was really something cool. And maybe when I build my own kind of outposts, maybe I'll recreate my place from Fallout 4, which was the Death Trap. And I'm really looking forward to playing that. But ultimately, like I said, guys, hopefully you will have fun venturing out into the Starfield. You will find out what unity means. And you will find uh, answers to life, the universe, and everything. It is not, unfortunately, 42, but few things are so anyway big thanks to microsoft and bethesda for providing us with a uh digital deluxe version of this game like i said we did purchase a copy as well and uh yeah so we will uh be checking in with this game periodically as uh, updates come down the road and maybe alex will revisit this game after its first big dlc which should come out within maybe a year or two who knows i I was gonna say Um, i I think maybe if not a full episode we should on the one-year anniversary come back and even if it's on the regular show, give like a five minute update and say, Hey, let's check in and see how it is now after a year. Cause this All is right. a game that's going to have legs. It's probably like they're hoping 
going to be like Skyrim, where you get like five or six years or more out of the game. So, oh yeah, like hopefully, mod hopefully, is going to be amazing for this. And that's what I mean. Next year, if we come back in a year and we can do like a State of the Union, how how is it on its own, and how is it with all the new mods? Yeah. So anyway, guys, once again, thank you for joining us here on This Week in Geek. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up in the month of October. We got a lot of cool loose cannons. I'm recording with uh, Enrique and David, uh, Aaron and Alex, and I'll be back to talk about some cool stuff. Uh, me, Alex, or sorry, me, Enrique, and James Rolfe recorded a show on Hammer Horror, which you'll hear closer to Halloween. And we're going to be talking more Star Trek. I was telling this to Alex off air. I've started watching Star Trek DS9. I'm working on my stuff for Star Trek uh, Adventures. I uh, can't talk too much about it but i am starting to put pen to paper on a couple of different things and it's been really exciting to get back into that trek state of mind um we are starting to work on holiday gift guide stuff we've already started to send out emails broketober is basically on our doorstep we have games like assassin's creed i've got several titles i can't talk about just yet but uh i had a lot of fun talking with some developers recently and uh yeah it's gonna be a very busy couple of months until we sprint towards the end of the year. So, oh boy, Alex, it's going to oh, be yeah. fun. I'm looking we're forward to it. We're getting ready now. And think about this. We're now back to, uh, to both of us being here to record on the regular weekly basis. It's going to be an interesting fall for sure. Exactly. All right, guys. So for this week in geek, we have been Alex, the producer. I've been Mike, the Birdman, saying, be excellent to each other. We'll catch you guys right here on thisweekingeek.net.